everybody to the Clear Tai Chi Mastermind meeting for Friday, May 28th, 2021. That's when we're recording this for you. And uh, today's topic is meditations that we use in Clear Tai Chi. And uh, before I go any further, let me just tell you that uh, with this, the things that you'll want to look at uh, for materials, if you're wanting something more in depth on this, is the 24-7 Qigong, which is at clearqigong.com, or Mind Power at clearmindpower.com. And so, um, so that's the word from our sponsor, which is me at this moment. Anyways, meditations we use in Clear Tai Chi. Let me introduce everybody real quickly to you. Let me start with Sheila Bell. Sheila, uh, welcome to everybody where you're located out there in Costa Rica. Thank you. Good to be here. I live in Guanacaste, which is the northern Pacific region of Costa Rica, which is between Nicaragua and Panama in Central America. And I teach in Liberia, in Playa del Coco, and in Playa Panama. Cool. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, Talbert in Colton, California, and I'll let him tell you any other areas he's teaching in. Don't tie your Don't on mute. I'm teaching in the Inland Empire. I have classes in Colton, Riverside, and Redlands. Welcome. Uh, let's see here. Um, Philip Chan in Columbus, Georgia. Hello, all. Philip. Welcome. Um, we have Art Don in... Um, Hi everyone, Art Don in Greenbelt, Maryland, uh, 10 miles east of Washington, D.C. Welcome. Mark Mashad in Michigan. I'm going to tell you where in Michigan. <clears throat> Hi, um, it's in Midwest Michigan, covering Grand Rapids and Lansing area. Welcome. And Harry Legg in Verona, New Jersey, outside of New York City. Yep, hello there, Sifu, and uh, actually not too terribly far from Philadelphia as well. It's kind of a, a large area here, Stroudsburg, PA, all, all that. So For them to come by car from Philly to where you're at, how many hours? It's about 90 minutes, depending on what part of Philly you're in. Yeah, so, so. not terrible. Yeah, no, and I, I do have some students that come from there. Uh, so, yep. Excellent. Uh, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, Jim Kelly and Boca Raton. Uh, Florida and some other classes in the other areas. I'll let him tell you where if he's able to. Yep. Okay. Good. He's had a little signal issues today. How you doing, people? Hey. Yeah, cool. we're fading in and out. Uh, we're in Boca Raton, which is uh, between Palm Beach and Fort Lauderdale airports. So uh, a lot of area down there. I got a lot of folks. But uh, thank you very much for having me. Meeting. Are we missing anybody? Did I miss anybody? Oh, well, I'm also here. Oh, sorry, I'm Matt. Yes. The regional organizer for uh, Maryville, Tennessee. And outside, nice of, everybody. outside of Knoxville. Outside of Knoxville, here, right here at the Clear Touchy National Headquarters. <laughs> I normally list you first in the day. thought I'd go in the reverse order for how they're showing up on the screen. So that's why we ended up coming like that. Cool. So, the, uh, okay, so. Meditations we use in clear Tai Chi. First, what is meditation? Because a lot of people, a lot of times, especially here in our local area, we've had people go, oh, you guys do that meditation. Ah, uh, you know, and they're like, like somewhere between afraid of it and 
um, and horrified by it or whatever. And I'm like, what do you think meditation is? And usually the description is, well, it's where you consort with the entities from. And I'm like, no, that doesn't mean somebody doesn't do a meditation that's like that. But it's kind of like uh, meditation is a term, is a journal term that refers to a lot of things. And somebody could be doing that. We don't. And, uh, and calling that meditation. Uh, but I don't even think of that as meditation. It seems like something else. But anyways, um, so for me, uh, I looked up like Google wise, which is Google's like the libraries, but so this is, this is coming off of different sources, but like what, how does it describe, or what would you look up if you say, what is meditation to Google? Well, and it's got different things, but one of them that I liked that was up towards the very top of the page, meditation is a practice where an individual uses a technique and focus such as mindfulness or focusing the mind on a particular object thought or activity to train attention and awareness and achieve a mentally clear and emotionally calm and stable state. Uh, biblically, when it says meditation in the Bible, it's usually talking about like um, contemplation um, and listening and those kinds of things, you know, and, and being aware, but also calm and relaxed and, and in, a, in a contemplative type of a state. Right, those kinds of things. Now, there's but also typically a contemplation on like a particular thing at a particular time. Um, it can be, or it can, or or just listening. Either one, or just listening. Yeah, um, I'm I'm a big fan of the listening one, by the way. But but also, like you said, it's that you can take an uh, a mental thought or a particular subject and really allow yourself to consider that and see what kind of comes to you and those kind of things, which that's the aspect of the listening happening about that topic. Um, it could also be exploring it in your mind as well, you know, thinking about it and, and kind of hashing it out if you were. Anyways, all those kinds of things. Meditation can be used for in this, these kinds of ways for planning, for concentrated thinking, for building constant, actually meditate to build concentration to make your concentration better. Uh, you can use meditation for practicing any activity you can't currently do physically. The, uh, for example, if you're on a plane flight and you wanted to do your Tai Chi set and it really moves around, well, you could do that in a meditative state where you're thinking it through and feeling it, and yet you're not leaving your chair or moving around to amount to anything, right? Don't disturb the people next to you with the Tai Chi movements, right? The uh, you can use it to build E, mind skills. You can use it to build Ting, sensitivity. You can use it to build the energy itself, to build your Chi, your internal energy. You can use meditation for self-healing, and there's a bunch of different methods for that. Whether you're focused in going in your mind, in your body, and feeling things change, or directing, um, like thinking about something being worked in certain kinds of ways so that you can then um, get some activity there of your mind stimulating the area. Um, and there's other kinds even besides that. You can use it to build Shin, your actual, your spirit, and to interact in that kind of way. Focus prayer, communication with God. The, uh, and there's more, lots more. Anyways, anything, any other, I gave you a list of some, 
Is there any there that any of you use meditation for, like meditation for, that I didn't mention that you're going, oh, but I also do this with it, or I like using it that way, or whatever, so. Um, I don't know that, I mean, it's covered in there. Yeah, no, it's it's on the list, never mind, no. Um, yeah, out, of ones, out of the ones I just went through, yeah. If you, you mentioned something sort of similar to this, but not so specifically, the um, meditation where you are directing energy specifically for health. If you have a, a specific problem area and you're directing energy to that, um, that's one that I like to do for myself and, and to help other people with as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know uh, if some of the reception was a little bit spotty, but uh, I find it useful in just relaxing the mind and you know not thinking about anything which is uh, something that everybody needs now and then yeah some downtime kind of a thing where you're just chilling and yeah absolutely and then relaxing and kind of I, I didn't um, consider it meditation but you know you mentioned using the mind to go through a tai chi postures or, or form or exercises or something, which which I, ever since I learned that was a, a way to develop skill um, when physical motion was limited for whatever reason, just to get in a plane, sitting in a car or something, I, I, I would do that, just sitting still. And after a certain amount of actually physically doing the exercise of the form, where I felt I could go through it in my mind without having to make remembering the postures much of a an issue i i you know go through that and found it just just very very good and relaxing so now that i think about it a lot of the um rewards of meditating but but i i didn't consider that meditating but now thinking about that in this um in that sense it sort of explains why it was such a good method for developing the, the skill with getting the form ingrained in the mind and also connected with, with the body, whether, um, again, doing a, a Tai Chi form or um, some of the exercises. I could go through exercises in my mind and really feel my body sort of wanting to move and energize, but not going through a lot of physical motion. So I just... Um, found that an excellent use of it yeah it is um that's yeah that's a it's a good point and it, it is something that's really built into the um the clear tai chi just the level one material just that where you start off you know you have to learn the short form but then there are these energy activation methods a lot of which are a little more sort of meditation oriented where you're putting a mental kind of projection of a feeling or a situation through your body while you're doing the form and by connecting that way and by building this um this kind of mind body connection with the tai chi that way and establishing it really physically with the level one material it translates much more easily into doing it more purely as a meditation where you don't have to do the movements physically, but you can still feel that kind of energy movement and get the benefits out of it, which I know you kind of touched on. I had to, I had to do a lot of that when I broke my back. 
because again, Joe didn't quite do the moves certainly at first, and for the first while, little while, and but I was doing the form like that somewhat regularly and getting my small movement internally for things being um, at least mentally stimulated, my word, um, for the activity so that if they weren't so that I wasn't just sitting there stagnant. I will add to the list um, that I use meditation oftentimes for just self-reflection. Um, I find it's really valuable for thinking about, you know, um, uh, all number of things, but oftentimes I find myself, um, you know, uh, if I got frustrated by someone or something today or I lashed out or, you know, I, I, uh, whatever, whatever it was, I'll, 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 meditate on it um uh for a minute and and try to kind of piece together you know what was it that had me reacting that way what you know could i have done differently? um you know what you know if there was another person involved what were they likely thinking or going through or possibly thinking or going through that i wasn't accounting for on my end of it um and it, it gives you the freedom and the kind of time to put attention into and thought into things that you don't necessarily have like in the moment or in the situation and go, goes a little bit to the planning thing because then very naturally it becomes like well if i'm faced with this kind of situation again how could i do it differently what what would i want to do differently how will i approach this differently next time um and uh um and i would say that it i, I wouldn't necessarily count that as meditation except that it, when i am you know thinking about that it has a very sort of a meditative feel to it i'm i'm otherwise withdrawn from everything else and i'm really kind of focused in on that that thing um even though it is reflecting on something that happened in the past and kind of analyzing it mentally mentally, yeah, mentally yeah. yeah yeah which is an aspect of the meditation for as far as i'm concerned yeah contemplate and working yeah go ahead i was just going to say that, that that i get sort of that result from meditating but but i don't meditate on a specific action in this case or or thought or circumstance but i just do a usually a static meditation meditate 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 for a while um or the moving meditation tai chi whatever but i found that find that then in situations where I might previously have just snapped at a person, got angry, given a quick response. I, I just realize what the situation is and give a, a matter of fact, calm answer, um, don't overreact to it. So I, it made me feel like sort of the way Matt was describing it, but just from sort of the overall meditating to a specific circumstance as opposed to thinking about a specific circumstance and um, going to a you know, better reaction to that. But um, again, it sort of works the same. I just, when I'm meditating, I try not to think about things because I think about things when I'm meditating anyway and I'm trying to get away from that. Yeah, so you're saying there's balance, right? So you need right. the, the calming and the relaxing and the releasing and all of that, and then you need contemplation on things. And there's definitely a balance of, sometimes people will get, for whatever reason, doing a lot of one kind. And maybe you need that 
at the same time, once you've developed a good bit of that for a normal regimen, I would say if you were doing a lot of one kind, uh, you probably need to, you know, it needs to be more than that. There is, um, I probably shouldn't even mention this because I don't know if you can even get this anymore, but there is a brilliant little, tiny little book that was, that was very cheap when it was printed called Focus. Um, and I got it because I thought it was literally about like, like, you know, focus and it is to some extent, but it turned out it was actually, uh, like a short treatise on transcendental meditation from a guy who was like very, very, very about meditation. Like that was, he kind of made it a life pursuit. And, um, and he talked about, uh, wanting to, you know, quiet the mind and let your thoughts go. And that, um, that one path to that, that was more like one of the more kind of proven, more effective paths was to start with focusing your attention on just one thing doggedly to the exclusion of everything else. Um, because uh, if you just try to quiet your mind, you'll notice thoughts kind of pop up and there's other benefits to that. In the, and he talks about that in the, in the book as well. But, the, um, but if you're really trying to kind of tune those background thoughts out and really get in contact with like kind of the observer in a certain, in a certain sense or what we tend to call the observer um, into your deeper you part of your own mind, basically. Yeah. Um, then, uh, then um, one one real path to that um, that's like an exercise to pursue is to really focus your attention on one specific thing to the exclusion of other things, and really get that kind of laser oriented focus on that thing, and then it's much easier to let go of that one thing. Than, um, than it is to try to let go uh, of all the possible things that could be bouncing around in your head. Uh, Harry, you sounded like you were going to say something there a few minutes ago. Sure. Uh, there's a, a meditation that I like that um, is not one that you would typically do frequently, uh, but it can be very powerful, and that's a manifestation meditation uh, where you want to bring about something in your life. Uh, typical would be good health. Uh, you may want to bring about opportunity, clarity things of that sort and so you're talking about one of the uh, a meditation where you're kind of really immersing yourself in like what that would look like feel like what will be like when you've kind of got those things is that where you're um well so I, I would have to explain how the meditation works and how to how to get into it but uh, the, the, yeah the, the the quick of that is you are feeling what you want to manifest yeah and bringing it about a lot of people when they hear like about one like that they start to think or worry that it gets into the metaphysical in a way that's either mumbo jumbo or that they're i know or or that they're kind of headed towards that one where they're doing like you know working with strange metaphysical forces and this kind of thing and my answer for that would be that What's interesting is that when people people do this naturally anyways, and they don't realize they're doing it, here's how they do it. Somebody, um, I, I'll use my son as an example. He gets where he wants a new vehicle. He can basically feel, see, hear, taste the vehicle. He knows what the vehicle is he wants. Even if it like, even if, like right now, he's wanted one for at least two months and he hasn't even moved, he hasn't even, he's still got the car he's got and he's gonna have to sell that when he goes to do this. And then he's going to have to find the other vehicle. And I guarantee he hasn't done that yet either. He's, he's gathering the money together for it. 
and all these things, but that vehicle's on his mind, on his mind, on his mind, and it's more and more and more and more. And as he gets to where he's about to purchase, I guarantee you, he'll be able to tell you exactly what that is um, in so many ways, including what kind of engine it's got, including what kind of gas it's going to take, including all sorts of stuff. And so what's he doing when he's doing that? He's manifesting much in the way that you're talking about. He wouldn't think of it that way. He's going, I just want the car. I just want the truck. But but he's wanting it in a way that he's very immersed pulling in, in that he's pulling himself toward mentally, spiritually towards the vehicle. Um, and so very much that same thing. The difference when you're doing it with the meditation is that, and this is with understanding, is did you just kind of go, well, gee, that'd be nice. Or did you go, no, I'm going to get that thing. And the more that you can really visualize completely immersed involved in getting not not in the obtaining of it but in the what that thing is that you're after the more real you're going and the more visceral that it is the more you're going to manipulate you know subconscious level mostly but conscious too your life and your activities and your other things that then bring that into being by the way this also happens if you're deathly afraid of something too. You manifest your fears because you let the, you know, at a certain level, when it's done enough and too much and keeps going, it takes over it. And it, and it and it programs your brain to think this way. And so one of the meditative things would be like, no, I'm going to quit doing that. That doesn't mean I'm not going to be have a healthy, you know, it doesn't mean I'm going to go jump in the cage with the lion or go swimming in the deep ocean and acting like there aren't sharks there. Um, at the same time, I'm not constantly afraid of sharks. And by the way, I live, we live inland, <laughs> right? Uh, the, uh, anyways, you get the idea because either there becomes a fear that's not based in reality at all. Or if I live like some of you do up coastal, well, I'm not going out in the surf and seeing how far I can go out and still get back in the shore, you know, on a regular daily basis, figuring it, you know, knowing that at some point sooner or later, there is going to be a shark there. But it's not that I don't get in the water, and you guys have seen me when we go to the, one of the places with the beach. It's not like I stand off on the shore going, I'm not even touching the edge of that water. There might be sharks right there, you know, in the, in the one inch of water that exists at that particular space. And so, um, and so I am, uh, if I were in deeper water where there were likely sharks, I probably would be freaked out about it. But I just, I, it's a, part of what I'm telling you is, is I don't let that be the driving factor. And I don't obsess on it and i make it a point to not and i don't like flying i fly to see almost any of the people that are on the call here and other places i have to fly well i don't obsess the plane crashing the plane crashing the plane crash you know like like that now there are times when i do get where like it's about to take off or we're in there and something you know a little extra turbulence or whatever but then i will tend to find something else to do usually it's hey matt blah 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 like that and he's going what's going on well i'm not thinking about crashing right now because i'm busy irritating you ah! <laughs> you know <laughs> anyways uh and even if it's like response, the opposite of meditation it's taking your mind completely consciousness in the moment where i'm not thinking about what else might be happening going on around <laughs> right You're right yeah tuning out yeah I just, you know, it's so that if there's ever a time when the plane might actually be going down, it'll be like Matt going, stop, the plane is going down. Because <laughs> 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 you know, I wasn't focused on that at that moment. If you're ever flying in and out of Knoxville, Tennessee, and you see scratch marks on the seat in front, good chance Seafood's have been there. <laughs> but the, the, 
the bigger point there, and I'm obviously we're being funny and having fun there, is that uh that so I don't let that fear become the overriding primary thing. The uh you know obviously you can't fly a lot and not consider that as a possibility of some sort. Um, but if that's what you're thinking every single time, every every all the way through and all that stuff, then it'll it's it's damage it's seriously damaging to you at an emotional mental and truly a physical level and so you you would want to figure out how do i get my mind to and use meditation to do this to focus in a different way and or to be distracted either being in the moment and stream of consciousness you know where there's a communication and an interaction so that the interaction is not sitting there the whole time with with the like he says the scratch marks on the seat ah you know for two hours while you're flying or whatever but anyways yeah hey Todd. yeah there's a uh, meditation that we're actually taught that like that in the um survival escape and evasion school that we go through and there's a really poignant story that they always tell us about because they tell us to find something if we're a prisoner of war to take our mind out of being a prisoner of war and build a house brick by brick or something like that but if any of you are old enough to remember Senator McCain when he was a prisoner of war, what he did is he went to his favorite golf course every day and played a round of golf. Hmm. And though, although he was really beat up from his time in the Hanoi Hilton, when he came back home and played that course, he broke all of his previous records yep. as far as that uh, course is concerned. Excellent. Cool, man. Yeah. Anybody else? That's a great story, Ty. Yeah, it was. Um, I just wanted to point out briefly a little bit on the science side that um, maybe not everyone realizes that when you meditate, you're actually um, changing your brain waves. And if um, maybe someone doesn't know a lot about that, everyone's experienced times when there's been like. Uh, a conversation that you're really into and like everything else in the world just disappears and time is no longer relevant. You know, you don't realize how much time has passed and this sort of thing. Or if you're reading a book and, you know, you spent the entire day and all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, it's already dark. And I have just been into this. Those are the kind of states of mind where um, your brain waves are no longer at the normal sort of, you know, we kind of run around like, chickens with their heads cut off sometimes, you know, during the day, trying to get things done and talking to people just in a sort of superficial way. So you change gears and you get down into that other state. And then there's another, which is uh, the dream state, which mostly, you know, you're asleep, but some people are able to access that. Like if they're an inventor or if they're a musician, you know, if they're doing something very creative and then that last state where your mind truly is completely still, and that's where it's the delta state, right? That's the deep sleep. And that's where you actually um, grow if you're, you know, still in the growth phase or repair if you've got something going on in your body that needs to be repaired. So it's interesting that through meditation, you can access all these different brain states, um, you know, at your, at your will, so to speak. And I think that our, touched on it a little bit too that if you are in a conflict and and somebody sort of um 
causing you to be agitated, but you have practiced meditation, then you can control your reactions better because you don't, you don't allow the brain just to do whatever in a reactionary way, but in a more controlled and sort of trained way so that your mind is, um, you know, you can be responsible for your reactions, I guess is the best way to say it. You're, you're no longer, um, reactive. Yes. Yeah. yeah. One of the things with the Tai Chi is that ideally you're not just getting out there and doing your moves in choreography or as soon as you've got that in you enough that you can reasonably do the moves without having to put a lot of thought into it. You want to start working on how calm can I be from head to toe? How still can I make the mind in this process? So even though I'm moving, there's a stillness inside and a calming and a releasing and a and these kinds of things in order to have that much better health and that and to get those benefits out of it both physically and then also at the mental level and there's a level you get to with the tai chi and it's and it's in our system uh in the clear tai chi so that you're actually got a healing mental state going on when you're doing the Tai Chi that you can use on yourself and you actually build it to the point that if somebody is near you, that you can actually share that with them where it will have a measurable physical effect. And by that, I mean with the medical equipment and stuff. I've done this where somebody that's all all the equipment in the hospital room and I'm doing this and you can see all the equipment change from the, when I'm not doing it to when I'm doing it, all the equipment adjusts and changes. Their oxygen rate gets higher, their heartbeat, if it's high, gets lower. These kind, the blood pressure gets better, these kinds of things. And so it is very, and so it's very testable and it actually happens. And so you wanna be doing your Tai Chi with this, these kinds of things in mind on the healing side, uh, at least I would think so. If you're listening to this, you probably would want that. <laughs> And so we do that in our system. Somebody else had something, Mark, you had something you wanted to. Yeah, I didn't know if maybe you could elaborate a little bit on, uh, in in the past, before I took classes from you, um, you know, I taught uh, external martial arts for about 30 years. And Mm -hmm. about every six years, I would have a student come to me and go, hey, I want to know how to meditate. And I'd say, well, I don't know how to do that. I can't teach you that. And then I would counsel them against going to the internet to just pull stuff out of a book or whatever, right? Sure. They would do it and it would go horribly wrong. Yeah, it'd be bad. Because <laughs> they would uh, where they're like either communicating with entities or whatever crazy thing. Yeah. And, God, I'm sure. And, and uh, you know, when I asked them questions, certain things kind of like popped out at me. And I noticed that it was, it was interesting in relation to the examples you gave here. Um, it, it was stuff where they, maybe they were chanting in a foreign language with a certain rhythm. Yeah, and you or, don't say that at all on this either, because that's... Yeah, no, it doesn't. And uh, But what I noticed is all the examples that they gave where things went badly wrong is there wasn't like a, an, an active goal that they were in charge of, right. and they're not, they were unconscious, like they were not in charge, kind of. Right. And it looks to me like all the examples you gave, you're in the driver's seat and there's a goal. Yeah, even if it's calming, sedating, relaxing, releasing, it's you're still, like you say, in the driver's seat of doing that for this deep, systemic, uh, immersive calm 
It's not just check out. When they talk about Damo um, meditating in a cave for nine years and like creating the origins of what, you know, what later became Shaolin Kung Fu, they are not taught, they do not mean that he sat there and checked out mentally for nine straight years and then yeah. magically like woke up with the knowledge of Kung Fu. Like he was exploring stuff and like, you know, he was, he was testing stuff and meditating on, on the problem that he was seeing in there, which is that they were, you know, they were praying so much and not doing enough physically and their bodies were getting weak. Um, the other monks. Um, and he was meditating on that problem and he was thinking it over and he was, well, he, didn't, he didn't just meditate on that problem for nine years. No, but, but, but yeah, but he was, but he was meditating. Um, he was meditating with a focus and an agenda. Um, it wasn't, and he was doing stuff. It was active. Uh, it wasn't just that he sat there going like, over. no, you know, that, that didn't happen that way. That's not what they're talking about. When, when you see a book or a treatise or something, that's like meditations on this, like that, that's, that's more like what he was doing and what, what people mostly mean when they're talking about meditation for the, you know, for the, for the good quality kind of, uh, you know, meditations that are, that are out there and available, they tend to be much more active that way with a very specific pursuit. And that pursuit may be calming and releasing and relaxing, but it is an agenda. There's some, it's not just like checked out upstairs um, that, you know, that's not beneficial really, really. Yep. Cool. Any other, anybody else? Other thoughts, questions, Phil? So Sifu, one, um, one way of looking at meditation, which I found useful, is that it is a focused practice which facilitates mindfulness and living in the moment. Yep, so that's one type of meditation, and we one we use, yes. Okay, and the way... It was explained to me. So, so living in the moment is something that's really good because you truly are totally experienced what's in, right in front of you. Present here now, instead of having your mind off in la la land or in something that back, 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 back in the, the future, in, right? And yeah. you're being consumed by resentments and all this kind of stuff. And or, or, and so, or concern, worry, or all these are things that are basically certain aspect kinds of illusions because yes. what's happening right now. Right. Right. Yeah. And then also it's, we want to live in the moment because that's a lot of what Tai Chi is about. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Being okay. here now. Yep. So one of the things in, in certain styles of meditation, um, the, you're not trying to empty the mind. You're trying to focus on one thing. And the if you're doing that, you're always going to be having intrusive thoughts coming in. Right. Okay. But, and, that, and that's just natural. Everyone has that. So if you're sitting and you're trying to focus on one thing, the breath or something else, you're having intrusive thoughts and the important thing is to recognize them and then to let them go yep. and then go back. But one of the things that I'll do with that, 
is typically like if I've got a bunch of thoughts, so I know that that's going to be hard or there's things that are pressing is I'll sit with either a piece of paper and a pen or, and I don't recommend it, but sitting in front of a computer. And then every time I get one of those, I type out the basics of it so that I can then go, if it's something I need to address or whatever that is, or, or write it right out enough so that I'm clear about what that is so that I can come back to it and, do, and deal with it later, as opposed to just, well, let that go. But you did need to address that at some point in some way. Yeah. Okay. Right now. So I write it down and go, okay, obviously that's a thing. And that helps to, for me, that helps to be able to let it go for now. Right, 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 right. It's a very useful skill to be able to have an intrusive thought, to recognize it, and to let it go. And it, you let it go with or without writing it down. But, but in, in any case, you're able to let it go. And that just becomes very useful. And then the whole thing is when you're dealing so the idea is in meditation, uh, you have thoughts and you let them go and you have control of how you handle thoughts. You have control of your thinking because you have control of how you handle thoughts. And then when you deal with all kinds of emotions, it becomes similar if it's anger or, or resentment or this or that or jealousy or whatever. Again, the emotion is just a thought. And then if in meditation you have become skilled in recognizing intrusive thoughts and you become skilled in letting them go, then it allows you to, it really, it really trains you to have much more control of your feelings. Yep. Yes. So by that was. Yeah, no, that's part of it too, because um, it's, you know, with you mentioned that and I think, I think Matt mentioned that, that what happens is a lot of times over either due to a specific incident in your life or due to a continuous incidents in your life, people get programmed mentally in a certain kind of a way where the right set of circumstances or the right things get said in the right ways or the wrong things get said in the wrong ways. Yeah. And it triggers you. And part of what you're looking for to get to high level in Tai Chi, at least, is that you want to be able to see it for what it is. So if it's something that's bad or problem, not something you would be okay with, you don't want to be like, oh, I'm all good with that. It's not that. And people mistake sometimes and think, oh, that means they're not having a reaction. So that means they're good with it. And that's not what it is. It's that I'm not going to allow that to trigger me because at that point, I'm not in control of my thoughts and my um answers or responses to that thing right and so i want to be able to and especially if i'm trying to work with someone else and i've allowed myself to be triggered like that i can't work with them right now i'm too busy dealing with my own ah, whatever the thought is that came out and so it really is that i want to be able to take that and figure out why that triggers me or what is it about that that triggers me or and the programming and then to take that programming out not that i wouldn't still have the you know bad bad and horrific is still bad and horrific but i don't have to go ah when it when it is bad and horrific i can go okay that's bad and horrific and i'm not going to be okay with that and the uh but i don't have to have a response to it other than to go no that's not okay for me right and then with that it can come across 
easily enough like there's not a conviction, but I can be still very convicted about it. The difference is, is that I've programmed my response not to be the freak out or the super angry response it can be or the super fearful response or the super whatever it is. I can make it that it's a reasoned, measured, this is how that is. Um, and I'm open to hearing something else about it. Otherwise, I'm not going to tune it out at the same time. That doesn't mean I'm going to be okay with that. Right. Uh, and so then I can actually give measured good answers that, that are thoughtful and, and that are um, appropriate and that are more likely, you, you know, if somebody's got a very strong opinion about something that you're completely one, you know, completely ah, crazy opposed to, and you respond with, ah, then they're probably not going to hear what you said for the most part. And so, um, and so how do I convey this in a way that's intelligent that gets why I'm having trouble with that or why I don't like that or why that's not okay. Right. Um, and to realize that whatever response I give, they may or may not be receptive to that. And I'm, I'm talking about this more as a teacher to a student, but the, uh, but it may be that I've got, but, and then also being able to hear them. Why are you liking that thing? Why do you want that thing? Why are you okay with this thing? And being able to hear that. And also because I'm not falling victim to programming in my own head, it's, is the reason that they're verbalizing the real reason or not? Because it may be, but quite often it's not. They've got programming too. And that programming is taking them down some very specific ways or allowing them to justify certain kinds of behavior, certain kinds of thoughts, certain kinds of action. And I want to be able to call that out for what it is. If it's a problem of some kind, whether that be to me personally or to society or whatever it is. Um, and so you've got to be a, a very rational and very deep and um, what's the word I want to use here. Multi. Uh, being able to basically think about that in a number of different ways, more than one way. Uh, and so, and that doesn't mean that any of them are like, yeah, that's hunky dory. It just means that I need to be able to switch up modes on that and look at it from different perspectives, including understanding where they're coming from and maybe why they're coming from, even if I'm going, but I'm not going to be, I'm, I'm not on that side of the table. I'm not going to agree with that. Right. Um, but you have to really do the contemplation on it and be able to do that. And then by training the meditation this way, getting so that ideally you can do that faster and faster and faster so that you could take something incoming that's new and not something you're familiar with and really kind of flip it around and take the looks at it and, and begin to realize where that, what the ramifications of the thing itself are and then where that goes and then issues and problems with that benefits you know the whole thing faster and better and more and so it lets lets you become a better functioning human and it lets you also then respond to things better and and more fully and and to meet people also where they are as opposed to trying to get them to just whatever your extreme side of the fence might be um and what i'm saying that i mean it, it's any view that that you have that's really very different from whoever you're interacting with is going to seem extreme, at least to them, if it's really a very opposing view. And so if I'm trying to get 
them a more fully understanding as well. I can't just come from this extreme point to them and expect that I'm going to get much other than resistance. And so, and so it does require that deeper thought to be able to do that. The unexamined life is not worth living. Who said that? Um, Oscar Wilde? I, no. <laughs> I want to say... <laughs> ah, okay. And now, a word from our sponsor. For those of you who are interested in internal power and want a reliable place to start, and for anyone who wants to experience internal power for themselves, go to internalpowerguide.com. I built a crash course in hands-on internal power. The practical guide to internal power is a work at your own pace online program. It is the course I use to get students from zero to 60 as quickly as possible. And it is totally free. So sign up at internalpowerguide.com now and get started right away. That's internalpowerguide.com. Sifu, I, I, I would, uh, one of the things that um, a therapist told me that was really, really insightful and, and just, it, it just fits perfectly in what we're saying is, you know, we all, and I may have said this before, so if I did, forgive me for repeating myself, but it's, it's related. So we all deal with some people whose opinions we think are just absolutely obnoxious. Their actions or their opinions are just totally obnoxious. Mm -hmm. And what this guy said is... Socrates, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, but anyway, what he said is no matter... <laughs> No matter how offensive someone's actions or his opinions are, there was something in his life that led him to think and feel that this was right and justified and appropriate. Yep. Okay. It may have been something for them, that, say even maybe necessary somehow. Yeah. It may have been something he heard from a political uh, leader that he respected. It may have been something he heard in church. It may have been something he heard from his one of his parents. It yep. may have been something he overheard. It wasn't even directed at him, but he overheard it in a conversation with someone else. It could be a sibling. It mm -hmm. could be a personal experience that he had. Well, and in today's world... Most of these kinds of thoughts, extreme, extreme in any way like that, where it, where it really is um, a problematic to other people, or yeah. can, is based on fear. And the fear yes. is fear of what will happen. Yep, 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 absolutely. Right now, but there are things happening about it that they're trying to get you to do right now, but they're trying to get you to do that based on some fear, something that has not happened. That right doing everything they can to get the person afraid that it will happen and so what happens is they're literally dragging the average person's mind into a non-reality state yeah. in order to take actions in reality now and to have thoughts in reality now that are really typically not good for lack of a better way to, that, are, that are really messed up and bad but be based on that fear uh, like that and what you see across the 
spectrum for the average American today, and I'm sure that in other parts, some of the other parts of the world as well, that is like a driving force. And the problem is, is that if people allow that to become the programming they're operating on, they're only going to hold bad views and have poor or bad actions as a result of those views because what fueled it was a fear that they almost can't face and yet they've made all the decisions based on that so it, it creates a very large aspect of non-reality right they're doing except the actions that they're taking now and i'm telling you this with at the time of this recording when we're doing this mass gun shootings are up in this country like by a lot there's been over 200 and like 30 of them so far this year where they where somebody's committed killing more people yes and why and if you go and get into the psychology a lot of that it goes to what i'm kind of talking about here if everyone did a little bit of meditation and went okay i'm here in a room by myself calm and i'm calming and what is it i'm so afraid of and and in terms of the thought and then we're able to go and rationally trying to think of the way to say this because usually people are going to need more information there's also an information glut combined with an information um deficit right both happening at the same time to the individual and it's designed to skew the to cause the fear to cause the person to act on that fear and to skew that fear into certain kinds of action right so that that whole thing is usually based on logical fallacies that if the person could interact with other people where there's an attempt at dialogue, discourse, and understanding, they'll find a lot of people aren't coming from the place that they think they are and that that calming situation can be there. Now, when I say that, there are people that are very reactive with each other, and so they're feeling that, and then it fuels the fear. But you have to be able to get deeper than that and past that. If you want to get towards master level in any Tai Chi, certainly clear Tai Chi, it becomes, I have to, tr I have to transcend that. And that doesn't mean I just leave it behind. Like it didn't, you have to work through it, but in this mindful way. Well, and the other thing is that there's an assumption and we've, and I've noticed that, that mm -hmm. in our language, even that we've used to express it so far in the last few minutes here, there is a, a typical, a way of thinking about these things as if the order of events for most people, most of the time is they um, have kind of a logical thought or an idea or they have a conversation or something, then they figure out what the course of action is that they need to take based on that. And then they take that action. And we like to think that that's the order of events, but for most people, most of the time it's not. It's that they're engaged in some kind of action or something they're doing already. And then they uh, use the logic and reasoning to justify what they're doing. And that's normally the order of events. And if you want to motivate someone to do something that they're not already doing, you can use really strong motivators like fear or emotion to kind of kick them off. And, and that, that will kick people into new patterns or new, um, get built, you know, build up kind of new momentum in a certain direction. What meditation allows you to do well, and that, that's fear that becomes anger that then leads to suffering. And if you're, Yoda. yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyways. But, uh, 
But what, what meditation really allows you to do is to, you know, remove yourself from that process and to put your kind of logical, rational, um, more sort of placid thinking mind in front of the emotion and to analyze the emotion and to analyze what is causing you to take these kinds of actions in the first place. And so it, it really allows you to kind of escape that trap. Um, one thing that from a psychology perspective, my, my undergraduate was in psychology, the, um, when you are uh, scared or angry, your uh, logical mind, your like prefrontal cortex um, is, uh, it, it gets limited blood flow. It, you're, you, it, it shuts down your logical processes. It makes it really hard for you to think logically um, and make good judgments, much the same way that like alcohol abuse makes it hard for you to make good judgments. Um, it just, it, it, it cuts you, it divorces you physically from your, from the centers of your brain that are responsible for higher level thinking mm -hmm. and, uh, meditation in part allows you, and there's lots of re lots of ways to do meditation and not all of them do this, but when you're talking about that calming kind of more quieting the mind, sort of more placid meditation, it allows you to take yourself out of those situations that would otherwise trigger you to act purely from emotion and cut you off from your logical you know, reasoning and to kind of calm down and, and classify yourself and reconnect with your higher level thinking and, you know, make, make just wiser, better decisions than you otherwise could. And then that translates really directly into the, the being in the moment kind of stuff that we're talking about, because, um, you know, if you're cut off from that higher level thinking and from just, you know, empathy in general, um, it's really hard to, to stay in the moment. There's a, there's a thought that it got put across some of it due to the 1960s and, and that kind of a thing where Tai Chi people are like, okay, man, whatever, man. And it's sort of this idea. And reality is that anybody you find that actually is a Tai Chi master to, to my experience of it, very sharp mind very sharp um, and very sharp because like you said with that super placid calming thing the rational mind is able to dominate that and at least in a certain way it doesn't mean your heart mind doesn't come into play at times in the ways that it ideally are healthy and and healing and good but the uh but then that rational mind and also as your rational mind gets it both gets faster and faster quicker and it also gets more discerning and more, um, when I say logical here, I mean in that monk kind of a way where they can point out some little thing that, oh, I hadn't thought about that part, you know, that, that, it's, that it really sees the bigger view of whatever the, the subject is that we're talking about and has a more mature outlook on it as well. You know, that it, that it, uh, that, uh, you know, are we talking about that mentally your kindergartner that's very reactive this way, or are you an intellectual where you've got, oh, I could argue either side of that in depth, and I see the bigger picture of the whole thing a lot more. And so there's this placidness, but yet the, sh the keen, sharp mind 
that is um, that it has depth to it. And so that's part of where this comes in. All right. So I, I think something, let me just uh, add a little bit to that. I, I listened to a um, CD program from the great courses called the spiritual brain. And so they found that people that meditate, when they meditate, the, the blood flows to different parts of the brain and doesn't flow to others. And also different parts of the brain actually, I guess, because the neurons, there are more connections and there are more neurons. And there's actually, when they do MRIs, or I'm not sure if it's a simple MRI or some fancy one, they actually, different parts of the brain are bigger than in other people. So there's yep. actually hypertrophy of, of the productive parts and some atrophy of the of the less productive parts. Cool. So I wanted to throw into the mix also, this is a super great conversation. Um, when Matt was talking, it just reminded me that the breath really ties into that switching over from the sort of fight and flight into the rest and digest, you know. And so uh, because breathing can be, very important for, for, well, I think it is very important for most types of meditation. I wonder if Sifu could comment a little bit about breathing tying into meditation. That not all meditation does that. Like if you're really contemplating something, you might be ignoring your breathing for right now and just letting it happen naturally, right? Um, if you're trying to get to the calmness, you can't have an uptight hoof in your chest breath. Ideally, it's like your whole body breathing and then those, and then that becoming deeper and more placid and spread. So in that case, your breath is at least a factor in what's going on. And then there's meditation where you really are working on breath control and then other aspects of body control very specifically, whether that be for a healing purpose inside or whether it be for a, of yourself or a healing purpose for somebody else, or whether it be that you can use the breath as the carrier for your mind um, in specific, for specific kinds of um, healing effects, strengthening effects, calming effects, um, even mental manipulation of yourself, I'm talking about for, for getting a deeper, more profound and sharper mind and using that as sort of the, the carrier wave for how you're thinking about things um, and or that as you in your mind when you're asked when you're looking and exploring at specific parts and aspects of your mind that there's breath that may be associated with that and then going okay I can feel my breath got more shallow it got a little more tense it got a little more uptight let's let that breath go and as you do that you can also feel it in your mind changing how your brain waves you don't you not you won't necessarily feel those brain waves but i can feel it like feeling it myself as a change in my mind state in terms of being more um softer less like the other one wants to cause almost a headache you know like a like a physical need normally need to take an aspirin kind of a headache right and so i do this one where it's placid and releasing letting go and spreading out where i'm still have the sharp mind i'm still present I would, I'm calmer certainly in myself and to what's around me or who's around me, but the sharpness is still there. I just don't have that uptight, squeezing tension, going, you know, tension headache, for lack of a better way to say this. The, uh, 
that's going away and I'm using the breath as sort of the driver. So there's times when it would be not at all, times when it would be part of the equation and times where you're really focused on that as the thing. I will um, yeah. add from just one kind of step removed from that or one step like in a kind of a slightly bigger picture perspective on the thing, on the, on the issue of breath and meditation and how they sort of dovetail and why they, why they dovetail a lot of times. Um, you're for, for a lot of the goal of meditation, not all of it again, but a lot of meditation, there's a, uh, there's an aspect of exploring the mind there's also a mind-body connection-related kind of a thing, um, and uh, breath really easily facilitates both of those goals really directly because it is a semi-autonomic system. It's you have control over it when you're conscious of it. You can breathe in and out hard and do uh, do things with it under your control. But if you're not thinking about it, it runs on its own, and it's both things. And so you can you can uh, because. It's a system like that. By playing with that system, you can get all sorts of other um, different benefits out of it. So the um, so like if you're, for instance, um, if you're really trying to explore kind of like the observer more qualities of your mind, can you observe your breath without influencing it? Um, and so that's, you know, that's one of those things where you, where you hear the, the kind of the, the primary, some of the primary meditations that you hear that are more kind of publicly out there are, you know, breathe and know that you are breathing. And so that's one of those things that like, that's what they're talking about. That's what they're getting after is just to be aware of your breath and observe it and not be like influencing it or, you know, speeding it up or slowing, slowing it down but just letting the process take over and being aware of what that process is that's happening in your body. And then by changing it up deliberately um, and taking more control over it, you're, you're building up those benefits from, for your mind body connection um, kinds of things that people want to do with the meditation. And it's a system that lends itself really, really readily to that. And so when you hear about people that can like control their heart rate and things like that, normally um, that we, that, you know, things that we think about as not being like under our conscious control. Um, normally, uh, the, there's, there's steps that they took to develop those skills and a lot of the paths that you can, that you can go on to develop those skills start with breath because you already have, it is already a system that runs on the kind of unconscious processes, but you already do have direct control over it. This is another, this is one reason why uh, a lot of meditation systems also do funny things with the eyes, um, wide eye stuff, sleepy eye stuff, um, uh, closed eye stuff, um, you know, whatever it is, they, they'll, they'll have different sort of ways that they manipulate the eyes because it's another system that is semi-autonomic like that. If you're not thinking about it, you'll blink on your own, um, but you can blink all you want or, you know, close your eyes or do other things with your eyes or force them wide open. And the more ways that you can kind of control that system, the there's different benefits that develop in terms of your mind-body connection, and it translates over into other systems in your body, um, and it's just a, a handy way to start. But the breathing is a lot easier to tap into, and there's more things you can kind of immediately do with it, and it's easier to feel that process running on its own without sort of disturbing it. It's really hard to feel yourself blink without you know, without influencing it, um, it's trickier, but you can feel yourself breathe pretty, pretty well. 
Um, and so that, that, that's one of the reasons why that system is, is so kind of ubiquitous out there in meditations is because it's just easy. It's just a natural, easy starting place for people to kind of get in on the ground floor for the kinds of skills they're trying to develop later on. I recall a conversation with you, Sifu, in which you talked about there being some dangers to sticking with paying attention to breath all the time in meditation. Can you address that? It's not the breath that, that, that makes that name. Well, two things. The biggest one is, is that in Tai Chi, there's a sound that Tai Chi, that's a high, that most, most Tai Chi practitioners aren't, do not know this. They may have read it somewhere, but they don't know how it actually sounds and all of that. But once you have it, it can be easy for somebody to go and do that sound where they're trying to do things, making the sound all the time and using the sound as the driver. And the trick is to make the sound, using it as the carrier for the mind. And then once you have the mind developed, you want to graduate from the sound to the mind. But, and so you don't want to try to graduate there too early. At the same time, you don't want to be a long-term practitioner and you're using your breath to still drive that. Your mind should at some point drive that. And as, as you're able, basically, is the answer to because somebody would say, well, when, right? When, as you're able, as you're able to do it. Um, and so um, it really has more to do with that, right? And so for, um, yeah. So I'll, I'll get into that more here in a second with something else that like you could do longer term and it's fine right? with breath as an example. Um, anybody else, anything else they want to add to any of that? If not, then I'll go on the next part there. I would, I will just add briefly that for Tai Chi practitioners, normally the order of events is not that it, like you can do some mind stuff, but normally you'll do a bunch of kind of energy work first, and then there's going to be mind related skills. Um, and there's some areas where you can kind of fudge where they, they're, it's both mind and energy. Um, and in the clear Tai Chi system and the way that, that Super Clear has set things up, wherever he can get more benefit and value in kind of upfront, he's done that. And so there is a, a course that's available. That's one of the only real like follow along courses that we have where it's just plug and play and do what you're seeing, like, like do what I'm doing on the screen kind of a thing. And it's called uh, clear focus mind power. Um, and it, it, it will help you build, both build energy volume and manipulation. And because you're manipulating that energy with your mind, it builds mind power, literally, which is why it's called clear focus mind power. Um, and it's uh, it's a great course. It's available at clearmartialarts.com. Um, it's clearmindpower.com. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's available just straight up at clearmindpower.com on its own. Um, uh, and it is one of the courses on um, on clearmartialarts.com. And it is, uh, it's, it's great. It's a, it's a wonderful program. And it is one that you could literally do, like if you really want to develop the kind of the mind skills and the Tai Chi way of doing meditation and the benefits of the kind of the e-development that Tai Chi focuses on. And you want to get started on that as soon as you kind of possibly can. Um, the mind power set of exercises uh, is, is just the most accessible and uh, kind of the, the best, fastest way to build that. Um, and so, yeah, so clearmindpower.com. The, uh, cool, thank you. Um, so then the other question I got asked there was for building Ting, 
how do you meditate in a way that builds ting? And so to give you an example of a use of this that, that, that involves breath, um, it would um, try to looking at your hand or your arm, uh, try to feel like feel your fingers, the end of your fingers. Normally we'll touch them together. So we're using the tactile to feel them, but try to feel it without doing that. Try to feel your palm, try to feel the inner part of the wrist. Try to feel the inner elbow, not the outer elbow, the inner elbow. Then try to feel the outer edge of the elbow. And I'm saying these kind of quick and moving through. And so now take your breath and take your hand and feel the breath like like the like if we breathe it like if you breathe in where you're really breathing in like this and add a little bit of when I say a little bit of tension I mean a little bit of tension not a lot of tension but like you're picking up something that has some weight to it that kind of a, of a thing and feel that in the in the ends of the fingers like you're holding on to something with your fingers and breathe in through your fingers breathe in like you're gra grabbing it with your whole palm breathe in through your palm take that inner wrist and breathe in so that you're actually feeling it grip in a little bit and breathe in. Grab in with your inner elbow and breathe in and then release like that. Grab, take the outer elbow and breathe out and push to your outer elbow. And what you'll see is that the breath is help. You can do all that stuff without the breath, but you're using the breath to get in there to help you to sense these areas like that. And you can do this everywhere from head to toe. Now, the hardest part to feel inside your body is the bone marrow. And for that, you'd want our bone marrow Qigong, which we have available at the 24-7 Qigong, clearqigong.com, and, and then my book, and the Qi Energy DVD for the book. Um, but anyways, and so that getting your mind in there, and you can try to do that with breath. If you can picture your breath in there, your mind will more easily follow that but you'll find that, it, that ultimately you get your breath in there, or I'm sorry, your mind in there, and then the breath kind of follows that. But whichever way you got in there, and I, like I said, it's easier for most people in the beginning to get their mind in there than the breath to follow, then the energy will follow that. <clears throat> and that's the normal state of events in Chinese medicine is for it to work like that. And so you're using that to build up that ting for the bone marrow inside. And then how you work with that, be very careful, make sure you follow the directions that we've got on those materials to do like the bone marrow washing meditation and then get the health, this, the really extra, extra health benefits out of that. Will I be able to see these without it being... Yeah, and so the more placid your mind, the better able you'll be able to feel things. If your mind's all tensed up, it's going to be a lot harder to do that um, because you're, you're not going to be able to manipulate that breath and move it around as well because there's too much tension. And so a little bit, like when you're moving an object or picking something up, you know, it's not like I don't have any, it's not that this is completely placid and limp because then it's not going to pick up the thing, but it's not super tight or tense either. And so there's this right amount and that amount will change depending. And so it's going to help you to, uh, to feel inside your body in certain kind of ways. Anyways, cool. All right. Any other thoughts, questions, points?
So clear Tai Chi has bone marrow washing meditation and fully how to do that. Ting exercises and sensitivity and a bunch of them. Breathing exercises of different kinds. And by the way, there are Tai Chi people out there that go breasts, not really part of it. And that is not true. There's at least in the Chen older training that all of this comes from, ultimately, there's like 24 levels of material and three of those levels are specifically about breathing. Three of them. What's that? That's no, good. The, uh, and so it's three of those levels. The whole level is about breathing. And then ultimately, yes, you graduate from the breathing to using your mind, but you actually do have to go through the breathing sections in order to get the stuff. I've not seen anybody that can just jump to the mind section. So people, I've seen people who are at the intermediate level and go, oh, to our beginning level of teaching Tai Chi. And they're like, oh, the breathing, you know, don't do that. That's, it's not about the breathing and the breathing's not anything. And then I feel what they've got or what they're able to do that, that would involve had they had the breathing training. And it's like, well, except you, you don't have those skill sets, right? They don't, they, they've got a lot of, they, they thought they could skip that training somehow. And it's not something that should be skipped. It is part of the curriculum. You graduate from it, but you can't graduate from something you didn't do. It's you actually, there's a body of training there. You do that, you graduate from that into the next level with the understandings you got from that work. And that is what's supposed to happen with the breath in Tai Chi. And it is how clear Tai Chi is organized. It is also how Chen style, the secret indoor version, that is also organized like that. Um, and I have seen stuff from both Yang and Wu style that is, that is the same kind of stuff. So uh, I don't know that their system is organized quite the same way, but it's, but it is in the curriculum. Uh, anyway, uh, and this is again, if you go to one of the family members that's really doing the whole art of their art. If you're doing some of this derivative or didn't get full training, I can't tell you what you're gonna get because it's gonna be whatever that person is doing, which may or may not be correct. All right. Um, mental focus training. Clear Tai Chi has mental focus training. Building and working with Chi, including Nigong, the internal uh, work the with the chi, building and working with e mind skills, building and working with shen your shen your spirit skills, um, self healing and for me connection to God and focused prayer which I think I said before but uh, um, and I find that each of these are important steps and aspects of the thing. Um, if somebody said well but you really can't do any of it without and they name any one of these I'd be like that's right you're kind of got to have them all. If you want the whole package, you're going to have to have the whole package. If you're missing something, it's not going to, it's not going to be right. Whatever that one would be. Right. Um, all right. So then the, I've only got like two things here left. One of them is personal meditation methods that you like. If there's one that you like and you hadn't been able to share it yet, now's the time. I, I would just say that I, um, you know, first, just did standing meditation and pretty much all I do is standing meditation because that's what I'm used to, but sometimes sitting. But, but I found that with sort of the holding the bowl and um, if I just observe what's happening, feel, feel I guess the, the energy and the breath going through me, I'll sometimes um, move to where my hands um, go palm outward and the 
I guess there's a tiger's mouth, the thumb and forefinger go reverse on my thighs, a sort of, so it con, concaves the chest. Um, and he ended up in that position, which was um, another um, initial meditative posture I learned. And I just found that sort of interesting that occasionally just meditating, it would gravitate to that position. If you're standing to meditate, um, you know, doing standing training, is it that you just stand there, uh, I hope something happens, or is it that your mind is doing things? A lot of people think that that standing there, they'll, they'll go to do it, and they're like, okay, I'm just supposed to stand here and not do anything. It, it sort of depends. Um, I sometimes will stand holding the bowl, um, relax, relax as much as I can, and try to improve my, my structure and relaxation and feel energy coming in. Um, relax, 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 and work on that. Sometimes I will just stand, as I said, in, in a relaxed position, usually in, in the hold the bowl, some variation of that with the arms at various elevation and let go and feel what my body starts doing and I'll observe it and sometimes end up in just performing Tai Chi. I just want to move and um, go into a posture and then another posture and leave that way. Sometimes I will Heard you say. So you are feeling and observing quite a bit. Oh, yes. Um, sometimes. Oh, no, no. And, and sometimes just another, another aspect is um, try to um, sort of generate power or um, I guess maybe chi from my body outward and feel it if, you know, and usually I'm, I'm in a room, feel it, um, between my palms, if I get them opposite, or just sort of filling the room, and how can I um, fill the room more? And as, as as I try to fill the room more with my energy, I'll um, maybe try to relax more to get more energy out. Um, so sometimes on structure and sometimes you're working more on your energy connection but you're always kind of working on something oh yeah not i, I guess and a quick answer see if we're not just standing there that holding the posture and nothing is is the the point which no not at all good <laughs> good I, I would hope that that would be true for any clear tai chi regional organizers that are on the podcast with us today but uh, and i'm not saying you wouldn't stand some to be calm and more placid and more in depth yeah but then when you get people who are standing on a regular basis and they're doing that, they have a hard time keeping up the practice because they're going, and I'm just not getting that much out of it. It's like, well, you're not doing anything. Well, I'm not supposed to be doing anything. Yes, you are. You're just not supposed to be doing anything that's visible to the naked eye. I literally started doing my standing practice um, when I was watching television, and, uh, and I can't. Um, I literally can't do it anymore because I can't. I, uh, I, I'm too immersed in what I'm doing. The, what, the, the TV fades in the background. I can't pay attention to it anyway. So there's no point in even having it on um, because I'm just too 
engaged in what's going on internally and in the, in the energy connections and whatever I'm working on at the moment. Um, you can't, you, you know, you just can't split your attention that way and really actually do the practice correctly. If you're, you know, if you're really doing it for, for the benefits that we are trying to get out of it, typically in clear Tai Chi, um, it is a mind engaged practice. Um, absolutely. And, uh, and we don't, we don't just stand around. <laughs> so, yeah. Did you have something to add, Art? Well, I was just going to say, um, as with, you know, learning Tai Chi in the form itself, at first there was just the more physical aspect of standing there and getting structurally correct. It was just building the lead and, and getting the structure right to where um, I could let the mind go to do what, what I wanted to do after that, um, sort of. Just like with Tai Chi, learning the postures so you can do the postures without thinking about them and then work on energy flow and increasing power and things. I just had to initially, I mean, initially it was really just almost physical work, but that, that was, a, a I could get past that and then onto the other, more developmental aspects of it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the meditation begins to inform your physical postures and positions and stuff more than, um, you know, more than you would think because you, because you just find that the energy doesn't flow right if you're not in those places. Well, to sort of work and work mind, body back and forth to each improve the other. Sort of. Yeah, that's great. That's great. That's what you want. That's, you know, that's ideal. Um, Ty, I'm sorry. You, I, I thought, yeah. Were you about to pop yes. in? Okay. Um, something that's very different that I do that I do all of the, most of the meditations that were mentioned today. But what I also do is I use binaural beats. I have a soft headphone and I do the binaural beats to change my brainwave faster and get deeper using that. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely um, uh, the science supports it. Um, I would say for our methods, normally what we would want to do is normally um, is uh, to to play with that um, to to use the binaural beats to um, to get yourself into those states kind of more quickly um, and to really feel that and feel what those benefits are, but then. Um, phase out the need for the beats and be able to recreate that yourself uh, to not be dependent on external stimuli for your, you know, for your practices, but to be able to use it to develop the skill um, and to, to find that place, um, you know, much more quickly. Uh, but um, yeah, anyway, that's, that's the only thing that I would, I would have to add to that in terms of our normal approach, but yeah, but I know that the binaural beats are very helpful for people and there's a lot of kind of buzz around that right now. Um, yes. Yeah, and I, I, I go back and forth with that. I, I'll use it, I won't use it, you know, I don't, it's not consistently that this is the only way I will go about it was using the binaural beats. Oh, yeah. In fact, it's probably only about 10% of the time that I use those. Sure, yeah, well, but something to play with anyway. Yeah, something to play with, yeah. Cool. Um, anyone else uh, have anything you wanted to add? 
along the lines um, of what Ty was talking about, uh, well, somewhat similar. It's because you're using something else to help you get to a state. Uh, I will do short meditations holding a particular uh, crystal or gemstone mineral in the hand. And so that I can put that down and learn to bring about that vibration or frequency on my own without it. Yep. And that's very helpful. Um, he's got one with the essential oils there, same kind of thing. Yes. yes. Doing that, it gets you a certain brainwave state and certain feeling and then being able to set it down and, and get right back to that same place so that you're learning how to make those adjustments without having to have the external help, which is great to use when you're first doing it, especially for states that are difficult to get to. Um, but then being able to do it on your own at will being where the goal is there. So, yeah. I think of it as um, sort of a, a vibration that you can pick up on and, and you can do the same thing with people. So, you know, when you're around certain people and you feel a certain way, that's, you know, you can get that same feeling like Harry says from the crystals or then in my case, I use the oils, um, but it's, it's a pretty interesting effect. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? Anything else? So again, if there's stuff that you want to know about what we're doing there, there's the 24-7 Qigong. That's at clearqigong.com. And the Mind Power, and that's at clearmindpower.com. Mind Power so, are the specific exercises. Like I said, it's that like follow-along set. Um, a lot of it has to do with energy ball work and manipulation. Um, and it's it's great. It's a wonderful program. Um, the the 24-7 Qigong is also a wonderful program for different reasons. It really teaches you how to, um, in a bigger sense, how to incorporate this kind of work, especially like meditations, much more easily kind of fit into this category, typically, where you can do them while you're doing other things and so like you know like i was kind of saying earlier like i tried to do my standing practice while i was watching tv didn't work out for me um i had to do i had to find other ways to incorporate that into my life but i can do uh training like while i'm driving there's specific kinds of things that i can do that are that are benefiting me um, for my tai chi for my longer term skills that i want to get uh, you know, that I, that I can do, uh, those exercises while I'm driving, I can do things while I'm in the shower. I can do things while I'm washing dishes. I can do things while I'm at the grocery store. I can do things while I'm standing in line at the bank. I can do things throughout my day. So I don't have to set aside so many hours of training time where I'm not doing anything else. I can get in all my training while you're living your life, live my life. Yeah. And so, um, uh, and so that is available at clearqigong.com. And that's an amazing course. I love that course. All right, guys and lady, any other thoughts, questions today, any uh, or points or other? All right. Um, very good. Well, we will do more. Yep. Do you have less? No, no, I just, um, I'm, I'm finished. I was just going to say, you know, good discussion. And thank you, everybody. But um, TC was wrapping it up, so I'm not going to. Thank you. Any longer. Thank you. Great, great talking to everybody today. Look forward to the next time. And, and actually, next, next week, we will not have a meeting on Friday. We will be here doing the gathering. Tashi Family Gathering. Mm -hmm. 
you know, the Friday after we'll have, we'll be back to our normally scheduled program and all that. So, uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing all of you and those of you I don't get to see, I'm sorry. And I look forward to seeing you guys the next time and, and I get to see you and all that stuff and more soon. And, um, very good. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Take care, everyone. Take care. You wouldn't do the. Take care. And now, a word from our sponsor. What is internal power? Most people only understand external exerting power, which is another way of saying tense muscle strength. Bigger, more tense muscles equal more power. That's external power. Internal power comes from pretty much anything except tensing your muscles. There are many sources of internal power, and tapping into them is more of a mind skill than anything else. This is where the phrase mind over matter comes from. My name is Richard Clear and internal power is what I do. Students come to me for the mind over muscle secrets of internal power that are hard to find anywhere else. Over the past 40 years, I figured out how to get students on the fast track to effortless power. I created a one of a kind online program that is getting such amazing results for my students that I put a money back guarantee on it. Find out more at internalpowerkeys.com. That's internalpowerkeys.com. Thank you.